As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Very spooky. It's a simulation. It's not me. Yeah. Whoever is in charge of me is screwing <laughs> up today. It's always someone else's Hi. fault. Hi, mm -hmm. Sven, the simulation. This is two girls, one ghost. Two girls, one ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That is Corinne. And I'm Hello. Sabrina. And this is an Encounters episode. And it's an extra special Encounters episode because we're going to get to reading your stories. But before we do that, we have the OG paranormal podcaster, Jim Harold of Jim Harold's Campfire Stories. Is that the of Jim Harold's everything. He has so many different podcasts and... I mean, Jim was podcasting before probably yeah. everyone here even knew what a podcast was. He's like, <laughs> oh, gee. I mean, he's... Oh, gee. Oh, gee. He's like the Art Bell of of podcasting. He is. He is. So we were so excited. We got to sit down with him. We shared a couple stories that he is posting on his podcast, uh, Jim Harold's Campfire Stories. And we collected a ghost story from him, which we're going to play as the first encounter in this episode. Yes. So, without further ado, Jim Harold. Drum roll. <laughs> Jim, we're happy to have you. Yeah, welcome. And we're obsessed with your background. Well, thank you. Thank you, Corinne. Sabrina, thank you for joining me uh, or joining and asking me to be <laughs> on your show and vice versa and all that stuff. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean. But thank you. It's good to be here and uh, just love meeting other podcasters on the paranormal and the supernatural and just talking spooky yeah, stuff. Yeah, paranormal pals. Paranormal pals. <laughs> exactly. I do have to ask you, is that an alien mask or is it a 
statue yeah, behind actually, you. Actually, one of my listeners, uh, a gentleman from a, you can follow him on Instagram, Infinity Masks. He made the Frankenstein mask behind me and the alien so mask. So cool. He's oh over in the UK. He is so good. I mean, it's like That's movie talent. level stuff. Yeah, wow. a lot of talent. So those guys, I, I, I like having them on set that I don't oh, yeah. feel so alone. You'll have to do a few <laughs> episodes with them on. <laughs> we did tell you this when we first met before recording that we aspire to have a background just like yours one day. It is so, mm-hmm. so cool. Well, other than the masks, just go buy a bunch of yeah. junk and uh, there, there, there you'll have it. But uh, no, I like it because I'll tell I, I tell people it's not a green screen. It's not a green screen. And they said, no, we didn't think uh, it was a green screen because who would come up with such a <laughs> silly background? But anyway, and I switch it up from time to time. I promise I've got too much stuff. It's so cool. And uh, so, so I rotate stuff in and out and stuff. And it's a lot of fun. Oh, we love it. So you said that you had a, a few experiences with the paranormal as well. Yeah, but you know, the thing is, is that... My experiences with the paranormal are more reaffirming and they're kind of subtle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've never seen like, uh, Corinne, we were talking on your show uh, or my show and uh, Sabrina, we were talking as well about your experience with the orbs, the evil orb and the good orb and and Corinne, you with the four foot demon. <laughs> I've never had anything. I've never had anything like that. Either it's been positive or it's like, I think, saved me from oh, something. that's good. Wait, but those are the best experiences. People always want a paranormal experience and to have those signs and to have the divine yeah. intervention. Like, yeah. that's just as incredible. Well, one of my favorite stories, and it's not scary, so I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> you're going to want to hear scary. Uh, but one of them was I was on a paranormal cruise about, what, now, gosh, six years ago. Doing another one this spring. A paranormal cruise. Fun. But anyway— yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, speakers and stuff and all that stuff. I was a speaker on it. Anyway, what happened was, is I was going to speak that day and I had a cold. You know, my luck, I got just go on this cruise and I have a cold. Mm-hmm. So I went to the cafe and the boat to get, get some coffee. And um, I was coming back and I had to walk through the, the casino on the boat because they put it right <laughs> next to the conference room. So you have to yep. walk through it. And, and there was this one guy who was attending in our group, not a speaker, but one of the attendees who was playing like this crane game. It was a crane, like a claw that came down and grabbed money. And I I had a big thought of my late uncle, who was like a second dad to me and very, very close to me. And he had passed uh, a few years earlier. And because my uncle used to love to go when he went to like a big box store or something, he'd love to play that thing with the stuffed toys and the crane, you know, where the crane goes down. He'd like spend $10 on it and just, (laughs) you know, and he didn't care about, he wanted to beat the machine. (laughs) So uh, he didn't care about having the toy, just give it to some kid or something. But anyway, point being, I'm like, oh gosh, I wish he were here because he loved playing that (laughs) stupid crane game. Not only that, he liked to, he was kind of person, casual gambler, not anything serious, but he liked to buy the lotto tickets or do a scratch off or play the football pool or whatever it was. Nothing big, but you know, little stuff. And I'm like, this would be great. It's gambling and it's the crane game. It would be so nice if he were here. No sooner I had that thought, this woman walks over by the machine. She cups her hand to her mouth and says, John, John, name of my uncle. That is name of my uncle. So chills. Yeah, that's I I just got it again when I told it. And, um, you know, and then somebody walked over. I guess it was her husband or significant other or whatever 
walked over and they were they were back together. But what are the chances? I was walking through this thing. I see this guy playing this game. I think of my uncle and then somebody comes up to the machine and like yells out his yeah. name. I mean, yeah, I know the skeptics are going to say, oh, that's a bunch of BS. That's just, you know, whatever. But I got to tell you, it struck a yeah. chord with me. So yeah. to me, and we try to do this on the Campfire Show. I mean, there are plenty of scary stories. There are plenty of scary mm-hmm. stories. But there's also a lot of ones that are reaffirming, whether it's a communication uh, from a loved one or maybe somebody is saved from yeah. some tragedy by something that happened. And there's scary ones, too. We have our demons, mm-hmm. too. So mm-hmm. we try to cover a wide uh, kind of swath. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. I also feel like with your story, it's and I, we say this a lot on our show, There, there's no such thing as coincidences. That is too many coincidences for it to be a coincidence. Yeah, too much. Yeah. Too much. I think it was Yogi, the famous baseball player, like even before I was born, if you can believe that, Yogi Berra, who said, it's too much of a coincidence to be mm-hmm. a coincidence. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what you're dealing with yeah. here. It's just like, come on, come on. That was yeah, totally, yeah. I yeah. think that's what your loved ones hope that you'll recognize too, right? Yeah. Like to give you those signs in a way that you'll be receptive to them and not spooked. Bingo, bingo. I think that they find things, you know, to somebody else that would have meant nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But to me specifically, it meant something because of the yeah. significance of this silly claw machine. I mean, it could have been anything, but it was something that was very much him. In fact, one Christmas, I got him a little toy one. Oh. So it was like really, That's it so was really cute. like a thing. It was yeah. really a thing for him. It was the so, symbol of his life, of his presence. Yeah. The yeah. claw machine. Kind of a weird thing, so, but yeah. it is what it is. Very nice. Wow. Oh, That's amazing. And to experience it on a spooky cruise, <laughs> which I feel yeah. like. Yeah, that's true, too. Which I feel like, Corinne, you and I need to look into paranormal cruises. It sounds so cool. I know. There Jim, next go. time it you speak cool. on one, let us know. Well, we might be will. buying tickets. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Excellent. Well, do you want to tell everyone where to find Campfire? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If you like real people explaining their stories, telling their stories. And there's some scary ones, too. It's Jim Harold's Campfire. Jim Harold's Campfire. You can find it on all the podcatchers and everything out there. Been doing this show since 2009. And that wasn't even my first paranormal podcast. I started back <laughs> in ni- uh, 19, 1905, almost. It feels like it. 2000, two, Time traveler. 2005. Vampire. What the, are you? The paranormal <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm old enough to be one. But uh, 2005 was the Paranormal Podcast. And keep doing that show. They can check that out, too. But Jim Harold's Campfire is the one I think your listeners will love the most. If they like to hear real people yeah. telling their real stories. We do about 90 minutes of that every week. Amazing. It's uh, at com and also on all your podcasters, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, Pretty much all of those guys. Amazing. So great. Thank you so Yay. much for sharing your story with us. And everyone go check out Jim Harold Campfire. Okay. I have I have a few that I picked out because I feel like we've been talking a lot about dreams, but not giving enough attention to the emails that we get about dreams. Oh, okay. So it's a little bit of a dream-themed encounters episode for me. Dream theme. I like that. A dream theme. Yes. Okay, this is from Zanga, and it's called So I Can Tell the Future. Oh, cool. I know. 
I'm a very new listener to your podcast, but I really love having a one-stop shop for all spooky stories. This story isn't scary or creepy so much as it's eerie and very coincidental. My mom has always said I am, quote, a bit witchy. I have frequent deja vu and dreams that come true. A few months ago, I had a dream that I was driving my family's car and the brakes weren't working. I was panicked and I was trying to think through what I should do. So I decided that I should put the car into park just so I can stop the car. I reach towards the gear shift and I'm immediately woken up by a loud knock at my door. I bolt upright and I run to the top of the stairs that overlook the front door. My mom has got there first and has opened up the door to a police officer. Oh no. He tells her that someone has hit our car and called the police. So my mom goes to sort this all out and luckily there weren't any major damages to either vehicle. I live on a dead end street and there's only one way to get in. There's one alley that runs through it. Apparently, while dispatchers were arriving, one of the police cars were driving down the wrong direction of this one-way street and was hit by a second police car. Now, this is weird, but later in the day, I learned that that exact night, my dad had a dream that he was running alongside a car that I was driving. In his dream, the brakes weren't working. And he was telling me to put the car in park. I'm not sure if it's a giant coincidence or not, but my dad has also had some really weird predictive dreams. I've also found a few pictures of someone who looks exactly like him in places that he's never been or ever seen since he's been alive. What? I'm not sure if that counts for anything, but I thought it was a bit strange. Another weird dream car situation. This past weekend, I had a dream about an acquaintance of mine that no longer goes to school with me, and we'll call them Robin. I don't remember much from the dream, but we were painting their bedroom, and then we drove around for a while. We went for multiple drives in this dream. Typically, when people appear in my dreams that I don't normally see in my dreams, this means that something terrible is about to or has recently happened in their lives. Oh, no. I have a friend at school who knows Robin, and so the other day I asked if they were all right, and then I explained the dream situation. My other friend told me that Robin recently got into a car accident and is okay, but obviously a bit traumatized. Story two, I was a camp counselor this summer and my last night at camp, my cabin mate had a very strange experience. She told me that she woke up in the middle of the night and looked at the clock and it was 3 a.m. Of course. She woke up to a giggling sound right by her ear. There was no one there. Ah. Then she heard whatever it was walk around the cabin several times before heading to sit on the bunk right by her head. No. Then she heard scribbling for the rest of the night like someone was writing very excitedly. Needless to say, she did not go back to sleep. She was in the bunk bed beneath me, and so I'm so glad I didn't experience anything. See you on the other side, Zanga. Zanga, I don't even know where to start. Okay, it seems like Zega is not only connected to like some premonition world, but also to cars specifically. Cars? Yes. And I'm glad that the first experience, it wasn't a premonition that Zega was going to be driving and that happened to Zega. Like, I'm glad it was just a version of understanding that there was going to be a, their car was going to be hit. Well, it's really interesting too, because Zanga's dad had the same dream, but from a different perspective. Like Zanga was in the car, car's not stopping, has to put the car in park to stop the car. Like brakes, brakes aren't working. And then Zanga's dad has the dream of him being outside of the car. Yeah, The car's not stopping. The brakes aren't working instructs Zanga to put the car in park. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, clearly they are connected in some way. And I also need to see these photos of Zanga's dad or his doppelganger. (gasps) Oh, I know. I know. That's so creepy. And it's also weird because it's like these dreams 
obviously dreams have meaning and dreams can be predictive and sort of like, yeah. but it's, it's interesting to me that Zanga and her dad and her dad ha- having like basically a known doppelganger around had the same dream that wasn't exactly what had happened in that moment. So it's weird that there was like either dream meaning that they had to dissect that was the same dream, but like not an actual example of what truly happened. Or is this a predictive dream that they don't realize no. is actually going to happen in the future? I really hope not. Don't put that out there. Or maybe maybe it's happening to her, to Zenga's I like to their dad's doppel. You're trying to walk it back. <laughs> I'm trying to walk it back. I'm going to put the put it all on the doppelganger. Yeah. Maybe it's happening to the doppelganger of their dad. Okay. Or it's it truly is just the connection because the the coincidence or the coincidental nature of them both having that dream that night and then waking up to their car getting hit like mm-hmm. that to me is too coincidental that it can't be a coincidence yeah. so i hope that that's all it was and then i'm glad robin's okay and that mm-hmm. they were not i mean a car accidents are terrifying but that they were okay yeah. afterwards and then what the heck was scribbling and giggling angry journaling just ch- what happened at camp tonight gossip 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 yeah which could that be i mean the giggling and the scribbling like the journaling drawing or whatever it is like could that could that be a residual haunting that's just sure. at the camp yeah that's possible i i prefer that over an entity <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean it's totally scary and for it to sit down and to feel the pressure, the weight of the spirit, that's what's scary about the residual hauntings too. It's like, it's one thing to see and to hear it, but to to feel the actual like pressure of of the space around you being changed and manipulating, Ugh. M- manipulated. That is what yeah, I don't freaks me like out that. a bit. You know what we should do? What? We should ask people to send us video recording, or it's not video, audio recordings of them doing the creepiest laugh that they can do. <laughs> and compile them together we should oh, wait sabrina let's do that for yes i was thinking october but i don't know if i can wait till <laughs> october but we should have like a special like the giggly episode mm. where we cover some creepy like circus clown <gasps> stories and then we just have like a laugh track uh. of everybody's creepiest laughs in the background okay start sending us your creepiest laughs and title it creepy laughs and or creepy laughs. Title it creepy laughs and actually do this. Yes. Because if we if we get a bunch of laughs, we'll, we'll do be able it. to actually make this episode. Because we can just do we can tell stories of like creepy kids laughing. Like we we can find stories where there is creepy laughter. I'm sure we have plenty. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure. Oh uh, a cacophony of creepy laughs. Okay. So I did not go with dreams. I went with that's okay. It wasn't intended to be a themed and and this is thing until we got there. I'm gonna tell you the subject line, but I will caveat with this is actually a kind of good story. So this is from okay. our listener Rachel, and the subject line is my husband got possessed at his grandmother's viewing. Hello, spooky gals. I know I like how you're like, how could this be good? Mm-hmm. Like, did grandma possess him? I don't know. We will find well, out. Well, we're about to find out. <laughs> Hello, spooky gals. I adore your podcast and feel like you're my soul sisters. I'm an only child. And I've been listening for about a month now. This was back in December. So this happened in 2014 when my husband's grandma passed and we were having her viewing the night before her funeral. A little bit of a backstory. Grandma Mirna had three kids. Our aunt Susan, Uncle Don, and my sweet mother-in-law, Sheila. 
Don had been cut out of grandma's will a long time ago because he was stealing money from her and in general was a pretty bad person. So it was around 9 p.m. and people were thinning out and we had stepped out for my husband to have a cigarette. And all of a sudden we heard a commotion inside the building. So we run in and Uncle Don and his wife are screaming at his sisters and at grandma's body. The wife says that when she found out that grandma had passed away, she sang, ding dong, the witch is dead because grandma was mean to her Donnie. This woman is a bitch and has always been nasty to grandma Myrna. So it's awful. So while they're screaming at the family, my husband stands up and I look over to him and his eyes were completely different, like a different color. His face was not his, and he kind of puffed his chest and yelled at the uncle and aunt in this bellowing, inhuman voice, saying, get the fuck out of here, over and over again, until my husband, his brother, and cousin made a human line and basically pushed Don and his wife out of the room. When they finally left, my husband collapsed into his brother's arms and has zero recollection of what had just happened. Oh my God. We talk about it time and time again, and we're sure that it was possibly his grandfather protecting us. But honestly, who knows? Another that's I kind of had that thought too. Yeah. Because it did seem like a someone else coming in to defend grandma. The honor of grandma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another little story from August of 2020, my family went camping in the Wasatch, I think that's how you say it, mountains near Huntsville, Utah, and we had a fantastic spot near a creek. My son is obsessed with Bigfoot, and the second morning we were there, he starts yelling for my husband and I to come look at something he found. He found clumps of fur, red, brown, black, and a turkey feather. So apparently Bigfoot was hungry and sheds a lot. I have so many stories yeah. and we'll be sending more in soon. Sending lots of spooky love and see you on the other side, Rachel. I love, I love that there are little, little Bigfoot hunters <laughs> out there. Right. The next generation so of Bigfoot hunters and lovers. The next generation. Wow. I mean, okay. Well, this story, I understand because I've had relatives too where like not everybody gets along and there are some people who probably would have other relatives yell out, ding dong, the witch is dead if they die, yeah. you know? But it's so tough and like inappropriate to have that type of energy at a funeral and at a oh, service. Yeah. And so I understand that like someone, some sort of protective spirit did come through and channel through him to basically defend grandma and to yeah. be like, no, like what the F is happening? Like this is a family event. Like put some respect on her name. Yeah. Get the F out of here. You're not welcome here. And the fact that they were yelling at the grandma's body, like, oh, how vile and ill-spirited do you have to be to go yeah, yell at gross. your mother? Who's passed away. I mean, if you're acting so inappropriately that a spirit has to possess <laughs> someone else, someone's body to reprimand you, yeah, you were in the wrong. You are. <laughs> you were in the wrong. I also think it's like I, I'm imagining this like beautiful little scene happening on the other side between Grandma Myrna and the grandfather, her husband. Like he's finally so thrilled to have her join him. On the other side, it's I don't know how long it had been where they were not together, but he's blessed and happy to have her. They're reunited again, and they're watching their family gather at this viewing, 
And all of a sudden, Don and his wife walk in and grandpa's like, I got this and comes down yeah. to fight for her honor. Because yeah. how upsetting she must have been too, watching yeah. from beyond, you know, like something yeah. about to happen, something happening that's rude and right. mean spirited. I would yeah. I don't want little grandmas to cry in, in the sky. Oh. No. Wait, I don't know why, but that makes me think of a children's book, like Grandma's Crying in the Sky. <laughs> so you do everything to make sure that you live your life in a way that Grandma won't cry in the sky. Yeah. Hmm. Depends on your grandma, you know, just thinking. Maybe not the best Maybe not the best words to live by for everybody. You know, we learn a lot generation by generation. Yes, that's very People true. People adapt. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I have a story that is called, What the Fluff Does This Mean? Oh. <laughs> oh, speaking of, did you so ever gonna... have fluff growing up? Yes, I did. And in fact, I live only a mile away from where fluff was founded. And they have a fluff festival every year Stop. in Somerville, Massachusetts. I want to go. Mm-hmm. What does it entail? Uh, there's a lot of different vendors who come and they incorporate fluff as an ingredient in their dishes. So like if you were to go get empanadas, you might get like a chocolate and fluff empanada or like a fluff filled cupcake at the cupcake spot or oh my you know, stuff like that. Like they just incorporate it in a few of their dishes. Fluff. And there's usually like decor and so cool bubbles and fluff or nutter sort of my mouth is watering things i loved Mm -hmm. when i opened my lunchbox and i had a fluff and nutter fluff and peanut butter sandwich waiting for me it was a good Mm. day when that happened a good day a special day very yes fluff let's not forget it's pretty sticky and so when you put it with peanut butter all Mm. they're delicious like that was that was like a choking hazard, I feel like. I could never open my mouth. It was glued together. I don't know why, but I really now want to do a Patreon like special where you and I take a bite of a fluff and nutter sandwich and then try to talk. Mukbang. <laughs> That's going to be our mukbang episode. <laughs> oh. Okay. Hey there, ghostesses. I am a new listener. After listening to the collab with the Morbid Morbid Girls, hey yo, shout out Lena and Ash, I decided to give your podcast a shot. My name is Liliana, and my story is about dreams that I have no idea what they mean, why I had them, so a little backstory now. Once upon a time, a girl was dumb, young, and in love and hoping to marry her high school sweetheart. She ended up leaving that annoying bad boy Liam and thought that she was done with him. They may have had a connection, but probably not meant to be in this reality. Mm. We had been living lives for a few years now. He had stayed on this path of cheating and lying to every girl that he'd met, and I found real love, a passion for teaching, and I was ready to start a family. I remember it was close to being Easter, when finding out from an old friend from high school that Liam had unexpectedly passed away. Oh, no. I honestly believe it was more like vehicular manslaughter. (gasps) Oh, sad. My husband had told me, so sad, so sad. My husband had told me the whole story of what had happened to Liam, and he never liked the guy or was close to him, but he was close with his mom, who he worked with. My best friend and I were talking about how many people had expected more of a reaction from me after hearing about his death because of how strong of a connection that he and I had had. Fast forward two years, I had a vivid dream about Liam. In this dream, we were at a party. It was a pretty chill party. It was like being at Coachella, but smaller. (laughs) I feel like that's not a chill party. That's like a wild party. Yeah. 
But it was like we were back in high school, which felt weird, but so real. We were in this big tent with a big area with rugs all over the floor and pillows and lots of alcohol. Not sure what was going on, but I'm here with my hubby and we've been enjoying our time. I was tipsy in the dream, but at some point I see Liam staring back at me and he's smiling. Hmm. He's sitting with a few friends in the distance, sitting on a big beanbag chair, his belly down with his fingers crossed together, and his head was sitting up on top of his hands. We had locked eyes for what felt like forever. I had told my hubby that I'd be right back, and I walked over to Liam, and I remember starting to say, I'm sorry, but he cut me off and said, don't be sorry. I am, and I'm so proud of you. Oh. You are happy, and you are in love. Oh my gosh. With a big smile, he had this smile that was just so contagious and it would make anyone smile too. So I smiled back at him and I said, I am. Mm. Then I asked him what he was doing. Smiling at me still, he looks at my husband and points saying something, but I could never really hear what he said. And then I woke up. This dream felt like hours and I'm still groggy. I had teared up. My heart felt warm and it sort of felt peaceful. And around this time, I had been diagnosed with postpartum depression and anxiety. I had been between medications and different birth controls. I was in a really bad place, Aww. a dark place. And I'm tearing up recalling all of this because I survived those terrible thoughts with the support of my husband and with my few family members who knew I was able to really get to a better place in my life. I have many more dreams that I can send in. And I also have a couple spooky stories of my bestie, who's my sister from another mister. Thank you for your time reading. I appreciate your time. You are amazing, ladies. Best, your scaredy cat fan. <laughs> I'm so curious. Liliana. I'm so curious if Liam at the same time was visiting Liliana's husband. Like Liam pointed at him. So I wonder if there was like a message that Liam was giving her husband. Yeah. Yeah. It's all. Yeah. Right. And have hap I have so many thoughts. I have so many thoughts right now. But I also feel like it's a really hard thing when you have such a strong connection with someone. And I feel like the energy that you have for someone doesn't go away. It just changes. Right. So like if you are super in love and then you have this horrible breakup, it could change to hatred or it could change to friendship or it could change to something like, but it, it molds. And so I understand from Liliana just kind of always feeling weird mm -hmm. about Liam's place in life because they had such a strong sweetheart connection. Her heart was obviously broken. She cared a lot for him, but she moved on. She matured. And it takes time for people. Not everyone's on the same path. Not everyone. Everyone's going through something different and you never know what people are going through. Mm -hmm. And so from her perspective, Liam was still kind of in this party boy stage, having a lot of girlfriends, kind of prioritizing only himself. And I imagine that was pretty hard for her to like recognize that those were her thoughts and her views with him, especially someone she cared about that now died. Mm -hmm. And that probably was a confusing thing. And the reason why people were like, why didn't she have more of a strong reaction when right. he did die? But how special is it for him in, sp in spirit form now to come to her yeah. when she's having a really hard time too? Like now she's in the place that Liam probably was in, in, in like a mindset perspective and saying essentially like look at you you've done yeah you've done such a good job like you are living the life that, that everyone hopes to eventually get to like you are loved you are yeah at peace you have support surrounding you right you know what it reminds me of a little bit is there was one time where i was dreaming like a regular dream and everything paused and our friend olivia who had passed away mm -hmm. kind of like walked in and was like oh hey like 
I just am stopping by. And it was almost like, I saw you were in the dream plane. And she didn't say that, but like, that's kind of how I interpreted it. That's how it felt. And she was like, just wanted to say hi, like send love to everyone. And then she like went on her her merry way because it kind of makes me think like the way that Liliana was explaining the dream, like it was this like party sequence. And then all of a sudden she looked and he, there he was. Mm -hmm. Like he wasn't the initial part of the dream. And then he popped in and was like, hey. And I love that he was just kind of like laying down on his stomach, hands in his head, just from afar. Head in his hands. Just like he popped in. He popped into that dream sequence just to to see everyone and just to like really watch her and enjoy seeing her happy yeah. in this social setting back in high school that reminded him, I'm sure, of the time that they had spent together yeah. and put her in a in a place where she would probably be more receptive to speaking to him as well. Yeah. Wow. Man. That's very, very uh, beautiful. Visits from loved ones and visits in the dream. It's it very is nice. very beautiful. And I feel like that's really lovely closure, too, to know that your high school sweetheart, although you guys didn't work out, but you have a lot of love and a lot yeah. of – You learn a lot from people. Doesn't mean – Feelings for each yeah. other. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're meant to be – they're happy yeah. where you are. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, thank you all for joining us for this Encounters episode. We love, love, love hearing thank all you. of your stories. And thank you to our editing team over at Upfire Digital. Thank you for editing our audio and our video and our TikToks. Thank you. Thank you. And we will see see you on the the other side. Very spooky. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.